Welcome to the Best Damn Podcast, brought to you from INI Music and Podcast Studios in downtown Boulder City. This is your host, Jill Lagan, CEO of the Boulder City Chamber of Commerce. In each episode, we will highlight what makes Boulder City, home of the Hoover Dam, the ideal place to operate your small business, explore world-class tourism attractions, and discover why we are the perfect place to live and unwind. I am excited to be here today with Mr. John Chase. John Chase is the owner of Amerisent Insurance here in Boulder City. But today we're talking about another very important aspect of your life, your dedication to service through Rotary, specifically Rotary Coordinator for Zone Number 26. Can you help me and the listeners understand Rotarian leadership a little better? And what is your role as a Rotary Coordinator for Zone 26? Yeah, so my primary objective as a Rotary Coordinator is to help districts west of Texas grow their organizations, working on attraction, retention, and things of that nature with the membership. And so tell me a little bit about how you got started in Rotary. So it's interesting. So Damon Olerking, the old urban oh, designer for the city of Boulder City. I uh, love Damon. Who made such an impact and asked me to join. I was a speaker a couple different times to the Rotary Club. He asked me to join along with Roseanne Mealy. You might remember oh, Roseanne boy, for sure. Yeah. And uh, the two of them asked me to join and the rest is history. That was in 2001. So two very key people in our community that you look to probably as leaders. And so if they're asking you to be a part of something, you're like, of course, I want to learn more about it. And so I find that's probably one of my favorite parts of Rotary is the people that are involved. They tend to be leaders. They tend to be people I want to be around and people to follow. And so I can absolutely see why they pulled you in and brought you into their organization. That's great. So you said you work on membership retention. I would love to really focus on that a little bit. So you talk about being a member and joining Rotary. Do you have to be sponsored in or how do you become a member? Yeah. So primarily you're invited to join the organization. Somebody that holds you in high regard will say, hey, Jill, do you want to join our organization? And you come in, check it out and see if it works for you. There's lots of great opportunities to serve our community, as you well know, and Rotary is one of those. Yes, absolutely. We definitely see Rotarians out and about providing service, whether it's cleaning up on the sides of the roads or helping out at other organizations' events. I know that they've done some great programs, and we'll talk a little bit more about those here shortly. So Rotary has a global component, though. Can you share a little bit more about that international reach? Yes. Rotary, Rotary International is a, a global organization. It's been that way since, since, it's, since the early 1900s, for sure. And uh, it just has an amazing reach. Over 100 countries, 33,000 Rotary clubs. Each Rotary club belongs to a district. There's a 520-something districts. Each, wow. each district belongs to a zone, and there's 34 zones. And the zones are paired, and out of that paired zone comes the directors. And there's 17 directors that sit on the board of Rotary International. And they work on a variety of issues. For the Senior Night All Night Party here with Sunrise Rotary does a fantastic job of keeping our kids safe to the eradication of polio, which has been a cause for Rotary for almost 30 years or so. When they started, there was almost 1,000 new cases of Rotary of polio a day, and now we've had less than 30 so far this year in Pakistan and Afghanistan. So making big strides in that area. Most folks that hear this podcast in the U.S. didn't even know polio was still an issue. But as we found out in New York, it's just a plane right away. They've had a new case there in New York, right outside of New York City, where an individual caught polio. Really? Because of time that they had spent in another a foreign country. Wow. You're probably right. I would bet a lot of people don't even realize it is still an issue. And 
I'm just really impressed that Rotarians help not only at the local level and provide a better quality of life for those individuals there, but then it it is an, a national and international reach. I don't think that people realize the depth of what Rotary really is. It's important for the work to go on. I recently read a quote that you had talked about that said that you thought it was pretty cool that the beacon of service shines more brightly because of Rotarians. And I just, I'm very impressed with that. I really do think it does have, that light does reach and so impressive. Can you describe an aha moment that you have had as you have worked with the Rotary? Yeah, so it's interesting. What I found a couple things. One is if they've been, if an individual's been in Rotary any length of time, they're just good people. They care about their community and they care about folks around them and they care about the global community as well. Whether planting a tree in Africa, building a digging a water, the eradication of polio, malaria, ending child poverty, health and wellness for uh, for ladies. So some of the things we take for granted here is just not available. For example, I was asked the other day to donate a few dollars an orphanage in Mexico. The young ladies' orphanage could get sanitary pads, not something they have access to, just 30 miles across the border. And our girls take it for granted and don't even think twice about it. And there are people suffering and not able to go to school because they just don't have those basic necessities. And Rotary is there to fill that void and, and help out in any way we can, for sure. So do people have to be part of Rotary to help maybe donate to a program such as that? Know that Rotary, Sunrise Rotary of Boulder City, they have been instrumental in helping with the orphanage in Cabo. And is there, can locals donate to the programs or send products with you when you guys go down and do some of those different projects? Yeah, they absolutely can. Rotary, like many other organizations, we're our own worst enemy. We just don't talk about what we're doing. We go out and do good and go home and and plan the next project. And we don't often ask as often as we should for assistance. But they can support local Rotary projects. You mentioned Sunrise Rotary. They have the worst fest. We have the best damn barbecue. We're doing a wine or a beer tasting train ride coming up in in February, all to, to expand our reach and our ability to serve others. And we don't have any overhead. Everything we bring in goes right back out to the communities, both locally and globally. So I really appreciate that opportunity. And I'm sure we will have links on our website that connect people to you so that if they did want to reach out and be a part, they can connect with you that way. Because I'm sure there are plenty that want to provide. I know that there was at one point, there was a group that was collecting toys that were going down and they were taking toys or crayons and simple things that we don't think of. But you are you're so right. There is so much need and we don't realize it and we don't t- we take it for granted here locally. Yeah, I just went. To, I'm going to actually Elizabeth and I, we go into Mexicali coming up at the end of the or first part of the year. And uh, last year when we went, we took carpet squares, young school, a school for deaf children down there sitting on the concrete, no carpet. And oh. Our friends over at Nevada Contract Carpet donated some carpet squares and Elizabeth and I took them across the border and gave it to them. Uh, again, something we take for granted that we don't even think twice about, but if you're a young child sitting on concrete for four or five, six hours, you and I would last about five minutes and we'd be pretty uncomfortable. Absolutely. You, that's impressive. But what you pointed out, I didn't even think about the impact that this is. The spouse of a Rotarian is very much involved in this too and providing service. And so maybe the, she's not counted in the numbers of being a Rotarian, but very much part of it all and probably doubling the size, really, internationally of who all is involved in this kind of work. Doesn't matter what we're doing, does it, Jill? It varies along <laughs> helping you at the chamber. Elizabeth's there for me at the at, at Rotary. I was there for her at the Girl Scouts. So yeah, you're absolutely right. Our spouses are an integral part of, of our success, for sure. That's true. We need that support system all the way around. So I imagine that your work at, at the zone level 
your reach going clear to Texas, you're probably seeing some trends and some things that are happening across the nation, especially with clubs and memberships and associations. Can you share some of those trends? Yeah, membership in any organization is tough. Uh, you're seeing it, I'm sure, at the chamber. Uh, churches are seeing it. Other nonprofits are seeing it. Uh, so what we really have to do is find opportunities to engage our members. we got to make sure that when they show up at a Rotary meeting or they show up at the chamber, that what we're doing is of value to them as an individual. We see that specifically with, or more specifically, I guess, with the the younger generations. They're not joiners, as you mentioned, or as we talked about before, but they are actually more engaged in service than we've seen in the past. So we got to make their time super valuable. The other thing I've noticed, and you and I talked about this briefly, is 10 years ago, the opportunity to play soccer was a sport in high school or junior high, and it lasted a couple months and you went on to the next thing. Uh, now it's a it's, it's a, almost its own economy. People uh, play soccer year-round. Kids uh, travel with their parents uh, to different states to play soccer. Uh, and that's our competition. we got to make sure that when we do get a meet, moment of their time at a rotary meeting or at a chamber function or at church or whatever it might be, that that's a that we're meeting their needs and that it's a value to them. The more engaged they are, the more value we bring to them to the table. Obviously, the longer they'll stay and the more engaged they'll be. I absolutely agree. And I think we're even seeing that in churches. Church groups are dwindling and it's harder to keep younger audiences engaged. And I absolutely love your thought process. And what is it that makes us relevant so that it makes them want to be a part? We don't want to waste people's times. And so you had shared that you're seeing more of a combination of the cheers and friends concept. Can you tell me a little more about that? Yeah, I think the ideal situation that people are looking for is that opportunity to meet with friends and uh, and maybe uh, have a cocktail, maybe not, but uh, sit down and have friends, talk about service, and then getting out and doing it. So we refer to that as a, kind of a combination of the cheer, the show cheers and, uh, and the show friends. So they want to get together with people they care about. They want to do meaningful service, and then they want to go home to their families or uh, even more important is get their families to join them in that service. If we can get our kids, like you've had your kids involved, I've had my kids, that's a win-win. Rotary or the chamber or the churches shouldn't be trying to exclude families. We need to be more inclusive of families and making sure that what we're, the services that we're providing and the opportunities for service are meeting the needs of families to be able to serve as a group, not as individuals. Yeah, I agree with that. There's a place and time for adults to get together and do their thing, but and that socialization is important, but you're right. I really do believe that the focus on the family is probably what's going to end up keeping those organizations strong and healthy. So thank you very much for that. I also noted that you had shared in the past that the intentionality of being a leader is really important as well and probably really drives some of the in that younger generation. Because like you said, they, they want it to, there to be an intent to their purpose of being there and their time, and it becomes very valuable. And so being an intentional leader is very important. Yeah, it's absolutely critical. What we're seeing on Rotary Clubs is the more, intent, the more intentional the leader, the president of a Rotary Club, for example, on growing that organization or service, whatever it might be, the more successful there are. The, Showing up, showing up as a president of a Rotary Club and saying that we're going to grow Rotary and that's the extent of your effort and just hoping it happens through osmosis is not going to be a successful plan. Those that sit down and say we're going to grow and we're going to grow this demographic and this is how we're going to do it and they come up with a strategy and they come up with plans and tactics to, to fulfill that is where, uh, where we're seeing growth. And those presidents and those boards of directors that are engaged and active and intentional in the way they move about doing their business are the ones that are seeing results. I'm sure it's the same with chambers, same with churches, same with uh, Kiwanis. Uh, It doesn't matter. It's uh, the intentionality of the leader is so important uh, in any organization. Absolutely agree. 
And they're service organizations for a reason. So you've got to talk about that service. Like you said, we're too busy doing the work. We often don't talk about what it is that we do to make sure that other people are aware of it too. Plus, I think a lot of times in leadership roles, we don't want to talk about ourselves. I don't want to sit and go, look at all the great things I did today. But yet, if we're not sharing that information, we're not letting other people know that they can be a part of some really great projects and programs. Can you share any specifics? Do, have you seen in your travels, because I know you're traveling constantly to other rot- rotaries and organizations, can you share maybe, have you seen a program, uh, giving me an example of what really seems to work in places? Yeah, it boils back to that intentionality. So interestingly enough, we and I didn't bring the, all the numbers, a survey was just completed last week. And one of the one of the things that caught me off, surprised me a little bit, was out of rotary clubs that have demonstrated growth over the last five years, 95% are engaged in Facebook. Really? Now, that's a that tells a demographic all amongst itself. Mm-hmm. Facebook versus Instagram is a whole different conversation. But again, they're intentional. They're going out there and marketing and demonstrating good public image tactics and growing the organization, and that's one of the ways they're doing it. They're also meeting regularly to talk about new members. If you're not growing your membership, if you're not actively out there recruiting, then you're going to be falling behind. Attrition would tell you that people pass on. COVID, we've all seen that over the last few years. People passed unexpectedly and at a young age. So if you're not continuously working to grow your organization, then then you're planning really for uh, for future uh, numbers to decline. You You bring up a very valid point. I really hadn't thought about the idea of having separate meetings specifically to talk about growing the organization. We we get we have our board meetings. We talk about the the governance of the organization, very important in order to make sure that we're really running and sticking to bylaws. But sometimes we get mired down in that day-to-day activity and we're not really thinking about, okay, so how do we make sure we have people to be a part of this organization to govern? And very smart. I really like that concept yeah. and probably a whole nother podcast. Yeah. One of the other things that we've seen is is flexibility is important as well as I, that years ago, Rotary Clubs met five days, five or every, every week on Wednesdays, for example, four weekends or four Wednesdays a week, or a month rather. And from there, we had the conversations about service. We had guest speakers. What we're seeing in new Rotary Clubs is they're meeting two or three times a month. And they're probably meeting in the evenings when families are available and when people aren't working. The noon model of a Rotary Club is really not as popular as it used to be, but they're being flexible. Summerlin, Rotary Club of Las Vegas Summerlin, for example, they have a group that meets in the evening for socials. They also have a breakfast club. So you can be members of both or you can be members of one or the other parts of the organization. So they're trying to be more inclusive of the demographic that they're targeting. Being available being and meeting the needs of others is super important if you want to grow your organization. So a couple points I've heard you say, being flexible makes a lot of sense. It would seem to me that maybe even because many people now are driving to wherever it is they work. So if it takes them a while to get to that point, they're not going to be able to go back to their more local club during on a lunch hour. They're, they've driven too far to go to wherever it is that they work. They've commuted. And so maybe that makes it more flexible if they can do it first thing in the morning or in a, catch an evening. That does make a lot of sense. And then also going to where they are, right? So if you're saying that they're on Facebook, if that's where that audience seems they seem to be having the most successes there, we need to be paying attention where we need to go to where the people are and go to where the potential members are or current members are. Yeah. So one of the other things that we're seeing as well as going back to that flexibility issue is about 70% of clubs that have demonstrated growth over the last five years have a hybrid. So they not only meet in person, but they're meeting online as well. They're providing opportunities 
for members to engage in their uh, in their organization, not just in person. Very good. So I would really like to learn a little bit more about John Chase, who you are a little bit more in depth. What was your first job? My first job, I was a dairy farmer. I milked cows for a living. <laughs> and I was in high school and I did it seven days a week. And so what did you learn from that lesson? I need to go to college. <laughs> <laughs> that was not for me. <laughs> That's awesome. And so then you ended up earning a degree. Where did you go to college? Yeah, so I went to Iowa Lakes Community College, got my associate's degree, and then I went on, once we moved to Las Vegas, to UNLV and got my bachelor's degree and then ultimately my MBA at UNLV. Yes, I remember while you were still going to classes that you put a lot of time and effort into all of that. So can you tell me maybe a funny professional experience or maybe just a funny life experience? So one of the things that's interesting is occasionally you work with people that that have dis differing opinions and different goals. The key is to make sure you're grounded and that you understand that the, your goals are clear and that the, you have tactics in place to move towards the achieving those goals. So important in, in your professional, I mean, you mentioned education and clearly that was a goal of mine and I did it at night and I did it during the day when, when I was going to school and Elizabeth and I were raising our girls. So. Oh, you got to do it when you can. And especially if it's that important for you, you'll find the time. So I know that from some of the life experiences that you've had, you had a very fun lady that gave you some great advice in life. And so do you want to share that? Because I happen to, I really believe in her as well. Yeah. Peggy Levitt told me, when you're given lemons, make lemonade. And I think about that often. And I adore Peggy and, and everything she stands for. She's a fantastic uh, human being for yep. sure. I think your friend is very wise. And if they get a mix of lemonade, then it might be a little bit different, but it always sometimes turns out pretty sweet. So yeah. a little diversity never hurts anybody. <laughs> exactly. I love it. So what's something that people don't know about you? One of the things I think we talked about earlier is Elizabeth and I met in a cornfield in Iowa. We were detasseling corn. And the reason you detassel corn is to prevent the cross-pollination. And that's a, get, that, that's a job that people have in Iowa when you grow up. And uh, so we met in a cornfield in Iowa. So I didn't actually know that. So you pulled the silky stuff off yeah, the top? The, the top the top seeds, if you will, or the pollinating stuff on the top of the corn oh, stalk. Oh, I did not know. Detasseling. Detasseling. Yep. Okay. This is close to Sin City. I thought maybe that was something different. Nope. So <laughs> I, I know that you guys recently just celebrated your 30th wedding anniversary. We have, yep. yep. That she's, is impressive. She's demonstrated excellent patience, all this rotary stuff and stuff at the police department, and she's been a fantastic partner and... I have been so fortunate to have her in my life for sure. A wonderful mom, and she has done an amazing job with Amerisense. She just has grown that organization yep. for sure. 24% this year. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you owe a lot to her, and I do too. I think she's pretty wonderful. So something I know that we both have in common is the love of reading leadership books. And as a matter of fact, you could probably talk a little bit about the book club because I have talked about that often on the podcast, so I'll let you go there too. But I'd really like to also know what books you're reading right now. Yeah. So first about the podcast or the uh, the book club. The book club is interesting. About, I guess, three years ago now, pre-pandemic, I was sitting in my office just looking at the people that have come in that wanted to start a new business. And we would ask simple questions about payroll, number of employees, what do you expect as a rate of return on your investment? And they were just often at a loss. They just didn't understand uh, some of the basic tenets of starting a new business. And so I thought maybe what we need to do from a Rotary Club perspective, this goes back to Rotary, is in the vocational service aspect is start a book club. Let's talk about business and let's talk about leadership and let's talk about an organization. And equally as important or more important is get let's get some like-minded folks together that can have conversations with entrepreneurs about starting a business and some of the components. And we've all made mistakes and we've all learned from them. And if we can share 
share those to alleviate people making them. It just makes all the sense to me. So we started the book club as part of our extension of Rotary, and we've been going on, what, three, almost four years, I think. Right, yeah. And every Even month- through COVID, we tried that. Yeah. And every month we read a new book. This last month was a book by a Las Vegans, Shane Green. He wrote a book called Culture Hacker, and he really talked about the rubber hits the road with how employers, bosses, if you will, treat their employees and how that equates to interaction with the clients and, and people that come into your organization. And that's the gist of the book is you treat your people well, and, and then they're going to treat the folks that come in your door well as well. Isn't it interesting that that's been an underlying theme that we've read in other books in the past? And so I have to admit, I have yet to pick my book up. I do have it. It's on my bedstand, and I will. Pro- I promise to get to it. But I know you're the type that likes to read a couple books at the same time. Can you share your other book that you're reading right now? Yeah, so it's interesting. So another book my daughter picked up in Charleston, South Carolina. It's called The Man in Charleston, I believe. And uh, man in Charleston. Our, our man in Charleston. And it was Europe, Great Britain had put a gentleman in, in South Carolina during the Civil War. And uh, he was, in essence, a spy or reported back to the monarchy about what was going on in South Carolina. So it's an interesting read. And what I found uh, interesting, and I'm not a serious history buff, but there was a discussion in that book about Russia and Crimea. And mm. I'm sitting th- here thinking, here we are reliving this in 2022. And some of the craziness going on there. Again, how relevant that is. Taking it back to Rotary for just a second, we've invested $14 million in the Ukraine in the last 10 months. Generous work by Rotarians all over the place getting engaged and, and trying to provide support and services for those individuals involved in that conflict. That's impressive and much needed. So we've learned a lot today about service above self, about Rotary's mission. What's the ultimate takeaway? What ultimately would you like us to know about Rotary? If you want to serve there is a place for you. Just like many other organizations, there is something for everybody in Rotary if you want to serve. And the key is finding a club that works for into your schedule and melds nicely within your family demographic. Everything's a little bit different. Our club, the Rotary Club of Boulder City, which is established in 1937, is different than Sunrise Rotary. Both fantastic organizations, both got fantastic members, but completely different personalities. So find an organization that works for you uh, and get engaged. And they could certainly call me. I have reach. I have the ability to reach out throughout North America and certainly well beyond that through the global connection. And I'll find the Rotary Club for you. I had a, a nurse in San Francisco call me probably about a month ago and say, hey, I'm interested in joining Rotary. They'd seen a post I'd done on Facebook. I'm not sure who they were. I'd never met them before. And I put them in touch with an individual that's in the San Francisco Rotary Club and, uh, and uh, they've had conversations. So who knows, maybe she'll join the organization and do well. Making connections, that's what it's really all about. I truly appreciate that. And we will have links and information on the website so that people, once they hear the podcast, they can learn a little bit more about how to connect with you. But is, does Rotary have a, an international website or a website that people can look at? Yeah, you can actually go to rotary.org and there's a, if you're interested in joining the organization, they have a, the link right there. You can fill out your name and your phone number and that'll be sent right to the local communities that you live in and the, and the local Rotary clubs will be notified that you're interested in joining the organization and, and that's a good way to do that. Or you can always reach out to me and I'll find somebody for you as well. That's great. Thank you so much. We've learned a lot about Rotary. We've learned a lot about giving service to our community and that you are quite the leader in doing just that. And you represent everything that Rotary is all about. So I'm really appreciative and glad that you're my friend. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. This episode of the Best Damn Podcast has been a production of the Boulder City Chamber of Commerce brought to you from I&I Music and Podcast Studios. Please check out all the links and social media handles on our website as well at bouldercitychamber.com. 
You can find The Best Damn Podcast on all your favorite podcast directories. Like us and share on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Until next time, discover, explore, and unwind in Boulder City.